0: is made possible in part by the Mabel Wadsworth Women's Health Center, providing comprehensive reproductive and sexual health services for all women of all ages at all stages since 1984. Insurance, main care, and self-pay accepted. MabelWadsworth.org. Information presented on health-related programs on WERU is not meant to be taken as medical advice. Please talk with your health care provider if you have any questions or concerns.
1: Support for WERU comes from the Temple of the Feminine Divine, presenting Gems, an evening of talks, song, and drama illuminating aspects of the Feminine Divine. Friday, November 9th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Next Generation Theater in Brewer. Tickets available at 941-0261.
2: And the time is 10 o'clock. This is Community Radio, WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming worldwide at WERU.org. Stay tuned for Healthy Options with your host, Andre Bella.
1: Welcome to Healthy Options, where we talk about all kinds of integrative medicine and healing. I'm Andre Bella, and just a reminder that this is a live call-in show, and at the half hour, we will be opening up the phone lines for your calls. Today, we're going to be speaking with Sudama Mark Kennedy, an intuitive healer and musician. Um, He lives in Santa Barbara, California, but he has a very important tie to Maine. He spent some time of probably every summer of his life at his family's home on Mount Desert Island. Uh, Welcome, Sudama, and thank you for, for being with us today.
3: Good morning, Andre.
1: It's an honor. (laughs) Well, I want to mention here that this interview is happening because of an email I received from someone here at WERU um, who had been hiking with you in Maine uh, back a little while ago, and she contacted me and said, you must interview this extraordinary man. And so that's how we got here this morning. So welcome. Thank you so much. Um. Sudama Mar Kennedy is an intuitive healer and musician, and he defines himself as a rebooter of body, mind, and spirit. Sudama heals with his own musical and metho-poetic blend of heartistry and wisdom, and he's the recipient of the Lifting Up the World with Oneness Heart, United Nations Award from the Peace Meditation at the UN for his work. Other recipients of this award include Mother Teresa Nelson Mandela, Sting, and Susan Sarandon. His approach to optimum health is holistic and based on intuitive recognition of essential weaknesses that cause distortions in the electromagnetic dynamics of the body. Clearing these distortions energetically leads to spiritual healing and rejuvenation. Spiritual renewing is not only an anti-aging and preventative treatment by design, but also leads to successful transitions, prosperity, better relationships, agility, flexibility, body-mind and spirit coordination, and a balance and dynamic tension overall. No machines, drugs, hypnosis, exercise, physical manipulation, or preconceived beliefs are necessary with this holistic health approach, and treatments can be done in person or also by telephone. Um, I also want to include a little bit, Sudama, of your personal biography, because I think it's very fascinating. Um, In Sudama's words, my, my parents were American diplomats posted in Yemen, Beirut, Lebanon, Athens, Greece, Santiago, Chile, Washington, D.C., and so my itinerant childhood was grounded by many summers at my grandmother's house near Acadia National Park in Maine. I delayed my 1979 graduation from Princeton University to pursue spiritual disciplines in Hawaii and India, and finished in 1984 with a degree in creative writing and poetry. In 1979, my father was taken hostage in Iran and released in 1981, and some of you may have seen the recent film Argo, in which Sudama's father is one of the hostages. During this time and after, I traveled extensively with renowned teachers in India, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce all of your teachers' names because I know I couldn't do that. (laughs) Um, But you have also uh, considered yourself to be a healer ever since uh, you were very young, and that the universe is an expression of supreme consciousness. Uh, You studied uh, Huna healing in Hawaii in 1979, Shiatsu in Japan in the mid-80s, and Indian philosophy and yoga traditions in India and at the graduate level. He writes, my interest in mystical literature and Indian music, as well as meditation and yoga, led me to getting a master's degree in religious studies at UC Santa Barbara, uh, California. As a minister, I've married many couples, and as a healer coach, I've helped thousands of people heal themselves across the full spectrum of of problems. My studies in mythopoetic expression bring together Chinese energetics with art, music, and organic expression of the subconscious. My studies in shamanism bring together a variety of trance-induced instruments into my healing practice, and I've sought to create healing performance art that would nourish the audience on many levels. In my work, I feel intuitively I incubate, incubate the opposite of the person's particular situation energetically so that their issue ceases to be an issue. One way or another, the person feels rebooted. In a scientific world, this is a kind of energetic phase shift cancellation. In my experience, the universe is the embodiment of divine power, I consider musical events to be spiritual opportunities to feel more alive and more connected to love. I hope that my music and healing intention will inspire you to recognize that you are music. Sudama, welcome to Healthy Options. Thank you so much. Thank you. I have to say that when Sudama sent me a list of possible interview questions, I was really quite blown away because every one of these questions could be a full hour show. So we're, we're going to just uh, step right into this and say, uh, ask Sonoma exactly what do you do? You mm-hmm. have such an incredible background. It's, it's amazing. But tell us, what do you do?
3: Well, I, I think ultimately what happens is in a healing situation, the person who has the issue is, is stuck in some way or another, and the presence of another person is huge. And we know this from the world of therapy and in many dimensions. Um, in, in this particular kind of approach, which is more in the electromagnetic model versus, say, chemical model, which is more allopathic, obviously, um, there, there's a lot, there are many more dimensions to a person than, say, just the physical problem or the immediate emotional situation. And it's possible to
1: what you do different from let's say a regular talk therapy? I mean, because you bring a whole other dimension of healing mm-hmm. into this. So how, how is it different than just going to a counselor and talking to somebody?
3: Um, well, if someone is just having a conversation, any kind of person having a conversation could be in their heart, could be in their head, and if they're not grounded in themselves, uh, someone else but talk to them forever about who knows what, and it wouldn't necessarily bring them back to peace or balance them. In other words, the heart is evidently 5,000 times the power of the brain. And talk therapy, to this moment, in this moment in time, uh, is an incomplete science, I would say, although it requires additional energetic support or whatever it is you're talking about, to take a deeper effect and, I would say, have a more comprehensive uh, fulfillment.
1: Um, so, so what's all this talk we hear lately, what's the difference between um, using your, your brain and using your heart? What's that about?
3: Well, I, I think most people are, are grounded in their beliefs, uh, their, their cultural experience has taught them to resonate with the culture and it's not a bad thing it's just that everyone is pretty much stuck in monocultural beliefs and when you travel the world and you realize that you know there's seven billion people and they're all completely unique and coming from completely different cultures that the software programming in the brain is is huge and In order to shift the momentum of that, you know, living word is a powerful thing and it depends on the intention of the therapist or the healer as to what kind of progress you're going to make with that because whenever someone is speaking, their entire body is resonating with 100 trillion cells of information and it depends on how informed they are or uninformed they might be. And those frequencies, those thoughts, those impressions... Are there, and in, in other words, you're you know, a, a healing situation is pretty much limited by the most sensitive person in the room. in other words, if, if two people are, are talking and neither of them understand what's going on, uh, it's like a, a public speaker trying to teach you something they don't understand They're, you're not really going to get it, but if the person is hopefully resonating in their heart almost automatically bring the other person into their heart. It's just the nature and the wonder of our being that this can happen. And uh, there's an incredible number of possible ways to become increasingly centered uh, more heart-based so that everything you're saying actually carries the force of what I would call living word, which, you know, that goes back to say, in, in religion to primary, primary teachers such as Jesus or Buddha, you know, who are in a particular state of consciousness, so whatever they say or do is going to translate in a remarkable way. Um, you know, if Jesus says to Lazarus, you know, dude, get up, you know, it's more likely to happen when it's somebody like him saying it than, say, a random person, right? Because the random person might not have any clue as to happening in the body, mind, spirit level and uh, a master or a more sensitive individual uh, is going to be able to create a feedback loop with that person. evolved and we look at these situations and we think wow that's miraculous and yes it it, it is seemingly miraculous when somebody gets healed or some situation that's been going on for months or years suddenly resolves you know and it seems very mysterious because it is there's an art to Mm -hmm. getting a very high Mm -hmm. percentage in any healing situation i think the medical world 20% you know, fixed rate whatever that means and it's possible in the electrom- with the electromagnetic model i would suggest to get 80 90 90-
1: to remind our listeners that this is Healthy Options. This is WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill and 99.9 in Bangor. Um, This is a live call-in show. We're talking with Sudama Mark Kennedy, who is an intuitive healer and musician. And at the half hour, we'll open up the phone lines. Um, Our toll-free call-in number is 866-625-9378. So after the break at the half hour, uh, we will be welcoming your calls. Um, As you're as you're talking, Sudama, the thing that seems to be coming through real strong for me is that um, you you are um, a healer, and in a sense, we are all healers or have that capacity to be healers. Absolutely. But sometimes I think we look at. um, you know, a, a famous musician. We look at Isaac Perlman, and we say, "Wow, this is a phenomenal person. This is miraculous that someone can play music like this." But what we know is behind that is a lot of talent, but many, many, many hours of intense training and and focusing, and in music practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. So I think that we all, uh, some of us might be more talented than others, but there's also ways, and certainly many, many ways, that you have um, pursued your path as a healer. Um, so w- what what got you to pursue that path with such intensity?
3: I think, well, music's the perfect example um, because everybody does have musical talent, you know. Anyone could try to play the guitar, but there's usually only a few that take it to the highest level, as we know, right? Um, so that would be another way of saying that everyone is very telepathic. I would say literally every single person on the planet is as telepathic as you could be uh, because every cell in their body is a transmitter, right? So like a computer chip that works biophotonically and is sending out millions of signals, every atom and molecule is... A, broadcast station of pure creation
1: so we're Um, actually doing that all the time even though we don't consciously know we're doing that i mean are all human beings doing that i i
3: would say so and then someone might ask well why is that person more psychic than this person you know what how does that work i would say that it's, it's an interesting distinction um but but psychic means to me that you're going in and out of sort of the black hole of the heart or out of this daily waking state and have access to deeper states of consciousness while you're awake, while you're walking around with your eyes open. In Buddhism, they might call that open-eye meditation. And there is a way to access that continuous state of consciousness. And, you know, most people, they're consumed with whatever's happening in the moment and it's like they just forget. They don't have enough training to maintain this sort of deeper attenuation or this deeper entrainment in the heart, this continuous. In other words, they forget that they're God after a while.
1: So it's all or, there, but what, we just don't see it. it. Right? you understand that,
3: right? People who do it professionally, um, you know, we're, we're doing our best to maintain that thread, you know, continuously so we don't forget who we are. You know that that seems to be maybe why you would pay one person you know you know to do the, the sort of work mm-hmm. and the other person I say well you know grace is free how how come you're you're paying for that and i would say well yes absolutely god's grace is everywhere and is totally free but a person's time is limited and mm-hmm. so much you can do in a day and you know there's a way to sort of value someone's training right
0: was commensurate Absolutely.
3: with his action. Um in my case, you know I was always one of these kids that could see ghosts and when I lived in Beirut, uh, there was the landlord of the house we lived in would show up periodically and <laughs> check out the new owners and you know usually there's someone in the family who can sense this this presence and in this case, you know this Arab would guy would sort of walk into my room, go right through and out onto the balcony, and I'd look out, and the balcony would be gone. You know, there would be three stories up, just disappear. And it turns out he fit the description of Mr. Karani, who was the landlord who'd passed away years before. And I think ever since then, uh, I'm just more aware of these, this realm of consciousness. And you know, when that's the case, you, you tend to pursue things that enhance it. Um, so, uh, you know, I've, I've always been attuned to this world of meditation, uh, higher consciousness, you know, studying dolphins, uh, you know, back when I was 14, studying Transcendental Meditation. And so I, you could say I started early. Um, and, you know, everyone has access to the source. And it's just a question of, you know, what is your attraction? What's interesting to you about it? Um, what is the, call it the karma of that? You know, how, did you do this before? Is this something you want to do? Um, how, you know, what is your personality like in order to be able to be diplomatic with people? And I come from a diplomatic family. And I also come from uh, a lineage that, would, in my opinion, would be the closest thing to American shamanism that is not a Native American. Um, and that would be the Masonic lineages um, from Europe. inaugurated George Washington and
1: Stories about that. Tell us a couple of your of healing stories because you have yeah. so many, so many of them. But give there, us a. There's couple. a
3: really fun one, at least relative to Maine. Um, I was giving a talk at the Northeast Harbor Library. I think it was in 2006, and or no, actually it was more recent. And there was a lady in the front row, and I was expressing you know, my thoughts about healing and how I think it works, and the lady in the front row was impressed that the other folks in the room were getting the healing that they were requesting uh, in that sort of stand-up-in-front-of-a-group format. And so the lady raised her hand and said, well, can you help my throat? And, uh, and she started, even before I said anything, she was already beginning to psychoanalyze it. You know, do you think it's because I'm not expressing myself well? And mm-hmm. I looked at her and said, I think you're doing fine, um, but give me some more information. And she said, Well, what's, what's my problem? And, and I said, Well, give me a moment here. So I did what I do. I kind of tuned into myself and this person and listened. And, and what I got was called the synesthesia of you know, the intuition. of part visual, part auditory, part, call it just knowing. It's kind of this feeling that one gets. And I looked at her and I said, I swear to God, this is what came out of my mouth um, because in this process I'm I'm watching as well as participating. And, and I said, well, it looks like you sank somebody's boat and a whole bunch of folks aren't happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> she almost fell off her chair mm-hmm. and the person sitting next to her was sort of nodding a gaga, kind of going, oh, my God, how did you know that? And she said, this is a very large woman. And she said, well... About two weeks ago, I was getting into a rowboat, and, uh, you know, when, when large folks get into a rowboat, it can be a little risky, and the rowboat flipped over, and there was a bag of cell phones that went to the bottom.
1: <laughs>
3: and she said, all my friends want to strangle me. <laughs> I looked at uh-huh, her and said, there, there it is. I think that's what's going on here, and
1: yeah.
3: the mythopoetics of it, right? That was the story that was being told, but not fully being recognized, and In this case, obviously, she had some upset friends, and to me that's a good example of of how the telepathic works, that you you can have people mad at you at a distance, and it's going to affect your body. And she told me when she came back to the next lecture at the library two weeks later that as soon as she'd gone home, her throat problem that she had for a few weeks (laughs) resolved. And I think that's a good example of... Mm -hmm. It is, we can have an affliction that we don't quite understand the roots of it, right? We don't quite get, you know, what's going on. And then it can take another person to sort of look at you and say, well, you know, there's this sign on your back that says, kick me. (laughs) You (laughs) might want to remove it because we're the last person to know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. That's kind of a good example, too, of of how this works. And I think we've all been in these situations, right? Because everyone has healed somebody, in some form or fashion, right, or at least been holding the space for that intention or that event, so that you know the person who has the problem is feels better. And you know, it takes place in many contexts, in different ways, depending on you know who it is. Uh, let's see other other interesting situations.
1: Um, I mean, about about how many? Do you have any idea how many people you've actually healed? over your lifetime, just a general, um, random?
3: Yeah, it, I mean, that's always a tricky word, you know, to say I that, because people go, well, you know, who do you think you are? To say you heal people. <laughs> um, you know, I would say, well, you know, in that context, we're all doing it in some form or another. And, you know, from a professional point of view of, you know, as a minister for, you know, to help someone pay by the hour, at least 10,000 hours, you know, at least 10,000 yeah, people. That's amazing. I would yeah. say... That doesn't include, call it, you know, the fly-by healings that occur sitting on airplanes, on buses, Mm -hmm. and the person is engaging me saying, you know, wow, well, maybe you could heal my back, (laughs) you know, and then I do. Oh,
1: you you do have a story about that, don't you? Something on on the airplane? One of my favorites. Yeah, Um, oh yeah, tell that story. I think we talked about that the other day. There was a, a basketball coach I was sitting next to, I think it was in
0: 2006, and his team, I think it's okay to
3: say the names because it wasn't any paid transaction. It was just an, you know, call it a chance encounter if there's such a thing. And the, the coach worked for George Mason University, and this was a Colonial League team that uh, never gets into the NCAAs. I mean, they're just it's unheard of. And uh, I was going to Washington to help with the sort of ongoing remuneration for you know, the hostages. Like a Northwest Airlines flight through Detroit, from California to Dallas, and on this flight was this very tall man, and we didn't talk for the first forty minutes, and after a while I could tell he had a back problem, and he started you know, he was shifting around, and I, I said, you know, I'm, I worked as a healer, maybe I could help you, and he kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> and uh, he, I, I told him, you know, I, I think what you got going on is. It's a, is a guilt issue. And he laughed because he was Catholic. And said. Uh, then I said, it's more likely that it's because of your job, it has to do with your work. That's just what I feel. He said, well, you know, I'm, this, I'm a basketball coach, and my team just got into the NCAA finals, but I had to throw my best player out of the last game because he did something he shouldn't have, um, punching somebody. And I could tell this coach felt really bad about that, and i said well let's just let's just clear this out of your body right because it's stuck in what looks like your thoracic five vertebrae which connects to your liver, and your liver is sort of a a, a guilt center and so he said, okay, and uh, I did my thing, and he was impressed that his back pain was gone, and he said, "Well, maybe I'll have my my you know player call you." So I gave him my card, and the last thing I said to him was, when you get to the Final Four, give me a call. You might need me. (laughs) This was a team that then went and beat Michigan, that had won the whole thing a few years before. They beat NC Mm -hmm. State, which Colonial League teams never do. Uh, I think they went on and literally got to the Final Four and lost. But... Uh, I think the story speaks for itself,
0: that, mm-hmm.
3: that you know, we, we tuned in to what was going on with him, and he had no, he made no connection initially that his back pain had anything to do with the situation, and mm-hmm. as soon as I made it clear to him, he literally started to write 10 pages in front of me, he just whipped out his pen and just wrote, and, mm-hmm. and I could tell that, that he had somehow made a deeper connection that was really big. And, and, and the result was his team won. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, who's to say what the causality is in these situations ultimately, but...
1: Uh, it you know, sounds like the body, the body is expressing um, what's happening in, in the heart through, if it's a negative experience, through some kind of physical manifestation.
0: Yep, yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: We are, uh, I just want to remind listeners that this is a live call in show. Uh, We're going to be taking a very short break and hearing a little bit of Sudama's CD, Green Evolution. Um, Our call in number is 866 625 9378. And after a very short break, the lines will be open. uh, And we will be back shortly again with Sudama. So we'll take a little break and we'll be back for those call ins.
2: Raghupati Raghavaraja Ram, Patita pavana sita Ram Raghupati Raghavaraja Ram, Patita pavana Ram Just knows when you're filled with forgiveness, your love just grows Healing is a feeling where your heart just knows when you're filled with forgiveness, your love just grows (music) Raghupati Raghavarajaram Patita pavanasita Ram, Rahu ragavaracharam Patita pavanasita Ram. Healing is a feeling where your heart just knows when you're filled with forgiveness, your love just grows. Healing is a feeling. Your heart just knows when you're with forgiveness, your love just grows. Healing is a feeling, your love just grows. Healing is a feeling, your heart just knows. Ravupati Raghavaraja Rajaram, Patita Bhava Nasita Ram. Ravupati Raghavaraja Rajaram, Patita Ram. Place with a whole lot of grace deep inside there's a magical place with a whole lot of grace feeling is a feeling where your heart just knows when you feel that forgiveness your love just flows
1: was a little bit from sudama's cd green evolution and i think you also have another new cd coming out in a in a little while isn't that right sudama
3: yes um more oriented towards chanting and call it it's called kirtan mm-hmm. which is sacred music of
1: india we have a caller on the line caller are you there good morning this is yo in Trima. good morning yo It certainly is an interesting skill
0: for a healer to be able to sit next to somebody and feel what that person's root causes may be. I'm wondering how important is the assistance of a clairvoyant for this? In other words, would it be possible for a person to use a similar technique to divine his own root causes. Is it possible to be reflective, or is uh, a healer an important part of this loop? Thanks so much for putting on this show, and thank you to everyone for
3: supporting Community Radio.
1: Thank you for calling.
3: Thank you. Yeah, that's an important question. Um, My answer would be that uh, you don't need the healer ultimately, you know, it depends on how conscious you are, or anyone is. If, if their own self-reflecting universe is reflecting back exactly what's going on, then I would say, you know, you, you've you attained that recognition software, right? In other words, what's really happening is revealing itself to you, and you don't need the other person to, say, correct you or, or say, bring in information that's helpful. Um, I, I like to say that's why God made other people, <laughs> because even though we're all connected, there is something remarkable about a fresh energy in your presence that is not experiencing what you're experiencing and yet is helping you reflect yourself. You know, if, if a dog goes into the Palace of Mirrors and starts barking, then you've got a thousand barking dogs barking at you. <laughs> <laughs> if you go in and you smile, there's a thousand smiling people. And, and so what is it we're reflecting back to ourselves? I, I think in your question you were asking about the necessity of clairvoyance, and I, I would say it doesn't... I, I was giving you examples of say, some of the more remarkable healings that ultimately, you know, vectored into clairvoyance, but the, the truth of the matter is that weakness is a subtly detectable situation where it could be even less remarkable, for example, if, if someone says, well, I have a shoulder problem. And then I look at them and I say, well, how do you feel about your mother-in-law? And they go, ah, I want to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, is that clairvoyant? Mm. Well, it's it's also a function of experience because I've worked on thousand people with shoulder problems and each time it seems to be more about the relationships they're in or about the lineage that they're carrying in this case of shoulders you know if it's their right shoulder it's not always your father's lineage because it could be being referred from another spot but you know the right shoulder is mythopoetically a place where you know that makes sense it's your work arm generally for right-handed people uh, it's the yang energy in the body. It tends to be you know, more about work and the person's relationship to the world. If it's their left shoulder, you could track it more to the female DNA. And we know from body mapping, we don't have to be that clairvoyant. We can get, you know, the 20 questions game. We can be on the 19th question very quickly. i um, just going, you know, just sort of feeling them kinesiologically. And that's the other key word here is kinesiology because we've experienced this, say, with a chiropractor, or they push on your arm, or they test the vitamins, and what are they doing? They're they're finding the vibrational match. And if the vitamins don't test well for your body, it's going to show up as a resistance. And so I don't always know a lot of information about a person, but I can feel their resistance. And they might feel a lot of resistance, but they might not feel the specific resistance will release them from their bondage of their particular situation. So, for example, with the mother-in-law, you know, the person has a the left, the left shoulder problem, and I say, well, it feels more like you, know, you have an issue with an older woman or females in general, something's going on here. And then they start talking to me, and usually it confirms what I'm saying or they suddenly have a recognition that, oh, my God, you know, I've just been so upset with this person for so long. And it's exactly the same time period as my shoulder problem. I say, well, that's usually how the body reflects back what's going on. Because if you don't know what's going on, your body's going to have to be the messenger. And, you know, in in a lot of situations, we just want to drug the messenger and, you know, put it out of its misery. And <laughs> no. that, mm-hmm. that could work. You know, mm-hmm. drugs are powerful and we know this and, you know the medical world has used them brilliantly in a lot of cases, um, but I, but as you you know as you were reading at the beginning of the show, in terms of this methodology, that it's also possible to not have to use any drugs, not even touch the person. It's all doable by phone, even meaning that if you get the information, you can reflect it back to the person, and this process of Figuring out what the weakness is, and I think that's the key word. Right? If you can find the weakness, uh, that's the that's the solution. Now, where it gets interesting is that we anything could make you weak. Even feeling good could make you weak. You know, and then the person goes, "What? How's that possible?" Well, it, for the the example is if you win the lottery, you would initially think, "Wow, that's really good. You know, I have a million dollars now," but all your friends could be totally jealous and undermine you or never speak to you again, or, or always give you a weird vibration after that. And that could just destroy a person, you know, they all of a sudden they've moved into another social class and they don't know how to handle it. Um, so what, what looks like a powerful event or positive situation is actually weakening that person. And that's where the healer is very useful. You know, that, Uh, Another person looking at a person saying, you know, it looks like this, but there's something else going on here. You know, you say this, but what I get from your body is that. And we all know that we say the darndest things. (laughs) We say all sorts of things we don't really mean um, because that's, you know, that's our feeling in that moment. But the momentum of everything else is different. You know, that's, I, I, I think... One of the primary observations I have about the culture when, when there's a, a renaissance situation emerging, right? whether it's Jesus showing up or a new medical breakthrough, right? something great has just occurred, but the momentum of the culture has so much doubt or there, there's so many other forces at large. It's like a big river comes in and sweeps away The the situation, right? So it gets swept under the rug and out of sight, and what could have been a transformative for the culture is then relegated somewhere else.
1: Do you you see evidence that the culture is changing? I mean, we're hearing somewhere. When I think 10 years ago, we never heard all that much or those of us who were studying these things and talking about them. We're very careful who we talk to because everyone would think we were nuts. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're hearing it everywhere. I mean, you know, that new movie came out, we were talking about the other day, the living matrix and there there's, there's so much going on. Do you think that it's changing?
3: Absolutely. There's a, a huge explosion of information that is irrepressible. Basically it, it, it cannot be stopped at this point. It's right? a tidal that, wave, yeah. That people are coming to a new stage of evolution, essentially. That uh, wh- whatever you might want to call the 2012 situation, uh, seems to me that, you know, however we understand this, it is the end of, of a large cycle, thousands of years of reptile brain situations, you know, people killing each other, and the history of humanity is the history of war, basically. And I think we're finally getting to a place where the enemy image is, is no longer going to be the projection of the, you know, the drug of the moment. Enemy image is going to resolve to, oh, that other person is me. And not only is it me, but we're all, we're all connected in such a way that the entire organism is experiencing the situation And it's starting to act collectively and people are starting to, like, understand the larger collective situation and then embodying it so that, you know, we are this sort of reflection of the transformers, right? We are the people who are sort of downloading the new information and then turning that into reality, you know, making that a real situation as opposed to speculative Um, And I think that's Mm -hmm. what the frontier of healing is doing. Um, Because 10 years ago, if I told someone, when they asked me on an airplane or at a party, you know, what is it you do? And if I would say I was a healer, they'd look at me funny. (laughs) Like, you're a what? Because they had no reference for it. The culture Mm -hmm. wasn't Mm -hmm. talking
1: about Mm -hmm. it in this way. Culture's talking about it now, big time. Yeah,
3: Five years later, or you know, seven years ago or five years ago, uh... It would be, oh, what do you do? And I say, I'm a healer. They would say, well, what modality do you mm-hmm. do? Right. So it was the instant recognition that
0: you know, Dr.
3: Oz mm-hmm. had already talked on Oprah all about energy medicine and, and what the categories are. Mm-hmm. Now, recently, as we talked on the phone yesterday, uh, when, when someone asked me that and I tell them what I do, they say, oh, that's what I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge shift.
1: That is a huge shift.
3: You know, so from like, what? To, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I took a workshop.
1: and It's actually well. a real job description. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we, we were talking the other day. I've just come back from my second trip um, to visit John of God in Brazil. And it's amazing to me how many doctors are down there. Um, and when the doctors go down there, these MDs, they put them right up front so that they see everything, they get access to all the information. And I talked to one doctor down there, and he's been down there four times this year. I Mm. said, Frank, you're going down there four times? He said, yeah, the first time, I couldn't handle it at all because my brain could not accept anything I was seeing. The Mm. second time I went down there, I felt, you know, a little more relaxed because I wasn't the relaxed the first time. I said, the third time, I'm really beginning to kind of get it. And this time, I'm really... I'm really I'm really getting it. So so we see this, you know, we talk on the show about integrative medicine, about integrating these things. We see doctors, MDs, healthcare workers, counselors catching on to this whole new modality and and using shamanism and and all kinds of meditation in their in their licensed practices and to me that's very exciting. It's very exciting.
3: Yeah, and you know when I think of John of God down in Brazil, it um, immediately reminds me that ninety percent of reality is invisible. You know, the universe is less than ten percent visible. You know, most of it seems to be in the category of dark matter, dark energy, and the subconscious mind is understood as sort of ninety percent invisible. So, you know, there, there does seem to be these disembodied folks who once they leave their body, they still want to help out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Seems to be Don the case. of God has
3: all these invisible doctors that yes. come and work on
1: yes. clients. Yes. And
3: uh, I, I, I understand he's understood as an unconscious medium, mm. meaning it just happens through him, right? Right, and right. Because they were all unconscious mediums. Right. That's probably the right word. It's unconscious is happening by itself. Uh, where we are now beginning to make a shift is I believe and observe that we can close the deal on that. We can have this unconscious mediumship as well as being conscious agents.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: You know, because what I run into a lot, or maybe used to more often, is people would say, well, you know, who do you think you are? You know, God does everything. And I would agree with them. Mm-hmm. I'd say, yes, it's all, it's all the divine. Mm-hmm. But don't forget that you're, you're an aspect of that, that you are God's agent, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And in one's agency, one does have a certain power yes. right? to, to do things. And it would behoove us to understand, say, that if, if the divine wants us to do something and, and act through us, then depending on who we are, we could block that, right? So, mm-hmm. so it does matter who the healer is, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Say, well, anyone could act as a reflector. And it's true. Anyone could. But then, you know, anyone could get up and play guitar and some folks would sound more like Eric Clapton maybe and others not. Mm-hmm. Which show do you want to go to? Mm-hmm.
0: You know, more mm-hmm.
3: likely you're going to listen to the professionals.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, you know, there is this invisible aspect that we're all constantly listening into and it, it is remarkable. You know, the, the invisible world, I, I think chooses certain people to help more than others and you know some people might be upset with that statement but i would say that that's true on a number of fronts look at how politics works you know we choose certain people to Mm
0: -hmm.
3: do the job or to represent we vote for them because for whatever reason they they transact that energy better and uh
1: yeah well, yeah, and I think it's a you know old story of if we all follow our bliss and follow what we're passionate about, it's going to lead us into that that right direction. Um, i want to, I want to remind um, listeners that this is a call- in show. Uh, we have only a few more minutes, and Mark is going to um, beam us out a little healing here in a few minutes. So if you do want to call, um, be sure to get your call in very soon. The number is eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. And that being said, Mark, could we go ahead and could you beam us a little of that good healing energy?
3: Sure. Um, so let's do this. All of you out there, whatever you're doing, you know, if you're driving, <laughs> pull over. <laughs> um, just prepare to receive something a little deeper. This may be more what we would call a theta wave state. It's deeper than the beta wave and that the normal waking consciousness and let's just go into the nervous systems of the thousands of folks that might be listening and just take a breath and feel the earth feel the gravity of the planet feel that the planet might actually be alive and loving you and just it's almost as if you want to lower a bucket of love into the earth just feed her and then receive the love back Just with the eyes closed or if your eyes are open and you're driving stay on the road. <laughs> but but feel, feel the feeling of being engaged with your lover, the planet, the mother. Feel this feeling, feeling gravity, relaxing the brain, dropping into the heart. Feeling this inner space inside the ribcage, but the inner chi. Sounds like the word energy. And then feel your external chi, how we project this energy around your body out into the field of relationship. Just feel this breathing, coming back to center. Strong for the center of your body, strong for your midline. For the symmetry of the body, anchoring in the chest, feeling this, what essentially is a beyond nuclear powered black hole, wondrous sacred geometrical phenomenon just there in your chest, the center of your universe, filled with tetrahedrons, spheres, cubes. All the platonic shapes and solids. This wondrous integration of consciousness that we are. Remembering this is huge. This feeling, the part of you that's watching you be you. This deep inner witness that's there when you're sleeping. That reports back in the morning. You've been asleep for six or seven or eight hours. Who is this part of yourself that knows this? even there when you're asleep it was probably there before you were born it's very likely to be there after you leave the body part of you that knows that your pure consciousness that you are electromagnetic phenomenon in a body observing the body acting through the body acting through the mind using the mind, which is a speed of light vehicle, transluminary, faster than light. In a split second, you can be in Paris and you can be back. How is this possible? The mind is faster than light. Experience it as a tethered bird on your wrist, like a falcon of consciousness, a falcon of power that can just go out, deal with the situation, and return to base. Understand you have this power. Feel how it's nested in your heart, that the mind exists more in the heart than the brain. The brain is like your television set, but it's the signal we're interested in. You want to connect with this ACDC signal that goes right down the spine, central nervous system, cerebral spinal fluid phenomenon electromagnetic phenomenon just feel who you are as biophotonic being filled with light experience your own light just breathe into it clear out the garbage the lymphatic system is five times the size of the circulatory it's there for a reason cells are sending out all kinds of waste product it needs to disappear it needs to go out it all to the black hole. Feel the regenerative cellular energy in all hundred trillion cells of the body and breathe. Amplify this cellular electricity with consciousness, with your breath. The incoming and the outgoing breath is the vital air, the vital prana, the vital chi. This effect and viana circulation and illumination. We want these vital airs to be enhanced. We want to contact the heart. We want to feel the power of evolutionary consciousness in the body moving up the spine, connecting us back to our source. But we don't feel different. We don't feel separated. We feel complete. We feel whole. We can feel loved. It's all possible within this divine temple of the body. Breathing into that thought. Strongest thoughts win. Thoughts actually are competing in your brain at this moment. Allow the strongest thought to come forth. I am. Pure I am awareness. Potentially the most powerful thought we can think. Pure intuitive expression, pure intuitive connection to that, which is creating us in this very living word moment.
1: Sudama, thank you very, very much for being with us this morning on Healthy Options. You can be in touch with Sudama at www.sudama.com. And for Healthy Options and all of us here at Healthy Options, be well, be happy, take care.
0: Report for WERU health-related programming comes from the Penobscot Bay Press, committed to providing community news and information.